0: Welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. My name is John Pronich, and I am your host. And on today's episode, I have Thaddeus Matula. Now, Thaddeus is probably a name that you are not familiar with. Thaddeus is a filmmaker, not the typical guest that you're used to hearing on this podcast. So let me start with how Thaddeus and I were introduced. It actually started with an email that I received from a guy named Josh. And here's what Josh had to say in that email. Hi, John. My producing partner, Ryan Reddick, and I would like to speak with you in regards to a documentary we are producing. Our director is Thaddeus Matula, the Emmy and Peabody award-winning director behind ESPN's 30 for 30's Pony Express and Brian and the Boz. We are very drawn to the story of Mark and Christian Pulisic after reading your interviews and hearing them on your 343 podcast. Your recent post, quote, when you understand that American sports aren't global sports, you'll understand why our current model keeps us so far behind in soccer, end quote. That aligns with one of our main themes and feel Mark and Christian's story is important to illustrate. I think we will have a lot to chat about. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Cheers, Josh. So that's how things started. After that, Josh and I had several conversations on the phone, then Thaddeus called me, and then we started texting and emailing pretty regularly. Eventually, we decided... It was time for Thaddeus to come on the podcast and talk about his project. Now, Thaddeus and I talk about his other non-soccer related projects, and he gives some great insight to what it takes to be a filmmaker. But I think you're going to enjoy the banter about what it's like trying to make a documentary about a rising soccer star here in the United States. I mean, you're here for soccer content, right? Of course. All right. You can find links to Thaddeus's other projects in the show notes, and you can get all of that on 343coaching.com. That's the number three, four, three, coaching, all spelled out, dot com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our free coaching membership or our premium membership or just poke around and find information about our player camps, our live in-person coaching conferences, or maybe something else will catch your eye. And if you're a fan of the show, please, 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 please drop us a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher. We would seriously really appreciate it. And a big thank you to Thaddeus, Josh and the rest of their crew. This was a super fun interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And with that, we are going to get right into it. Okay. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right. So today I have Thaddeus Matula on the show. And before we even get into a conversation with Thaddeus, I want to, uh, I want to start with a little story about how we got to know each other. And one day I was sitting at home and I got a call from some random number and it turned out to be this guy named Josh. And he said he wanted to talk to me about my podcast. Uh that I had recorded with Mark Pulisic, Christian Pulisic's dad. And I was like, Yeah, dude, whatever, sure. And he went on to say that some Emmy Award winning and Peabody Award winning director uh is trying to make a film about Christian and he would love to talk to me about the interview I conducted with uh, with Christian's dad. And at this point, I was kind of sketched out. And I was like, okay, when's this guy going to offer me a free cruise or something? Just so I can hang up on this scam artist. But then at some point, I realized that it, it wasn't like a joke that was being played on me. And it was for real. Like this guy who had made an ESPN 30 for 30 film, had done a bunch of other stuff, actually wanted to talk to me about this itty-bitty little podcast that I do. And that person... Ended up being Thaddeus Matula. And since then, Thaddeus and I have exchanged a bunch of messages. Um, I even worked some magic and got him some FaceTime with some uh, some media folk down in Florida during a, a men's national team game in 2016. Um, but it's it's been a cool little uh, relationship that him and I, him and I have uh, started up. And I think that's a pretty cool way to to, to bring you in. So welcome to the show, man.
1: Well, thank you, John. It's a it's a gift to be on with you, and uh, it's going to be fun to, to talk about uh, uh, my passions, which are filmmaking, and how to, you know, how to bring them to bear, and 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 how we we got connected, and where I am now with all of these uh, disparate projects that have come out of this sort of um, um, uh, different beginnings. So, uh, um, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to Start with who who uh, Josh is and what happened there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess uh, r- real quick. Just I mean, I mean, introduce yourself, I guess, and then uh, and then yeah, let's dive into into what sparked the interest in, in in reaching out to me, and and then we'll. There's so many different directions we can go, and, and just so you know, this is the first time we've been, ever had like a. Not to call you a non soccer guy, but your your expertise is film, so most of the people we get on the show are coaches or players or you know analysts from from the from the soccer shows that are currently on so this is a little bit different for for me doing this interview and and the people listening. They've never gotten this type of experience on the three four three podcast, so i'm I'm super thrilled to to kind of switch things up a little bit um uh, but yeah, just I mean a quick intro about yourself let people know who you are, and then let's dive in head first.
1: Yes, yes. I am your, your worst soccer guest ever. Uh, that's <laughs> that, that's probably untrue, but uh, uh, just just don't quiz me. Um, so uh, my name is Thaddeus Matula. Um, I grew up always wanting to be a filmmaker. I don't remember a time where I didn't want to be a filmmaker. And I also grew up uh, a huge fan uh, of sports. I grew up a fan of the arts and of sports. and And through those, I've... Always wanted to take in the the joy and the passion of the human experience. And uh, as a child, I was lucky enough to spend some time living in in Europe, and the unbelievable fandom of uh, of soccer over there uh, really uh, really hit home with me. And and you know, I mean, I I, I went to a Bundesliga game when I was young. Uh, I remember I became a fan of Manchester United and Arsenal at the same time because uh, uh, these two guys were arguing about this game the night before and uh, I asked them who had played in the game and they said Manchester United and Arsenal and I was like, those are the two coolest names for teams ever. <laughs> what, what, you, what is this that you were talking about? <laughs> and and uh, I, w- I was maybe seven, I, I don't know, at the time. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, with my first big... Uh, success in the film world i i've had you know large sort of young indie filmmaker successes with um with some short films that i did a science fiction film playing on pbs when i was in college who played all over the world uh same with a comedy but my biggest um um success uh was in combining my my love of sport with 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 my love of filmmaking, and I my my dad's a professor at SMU in Dallas, and so my first film uh, that was a sports documentary film. Uh, was this film called Pony Excess, and that was about the SMU football death penalty, uh, something that I knew from being a kid and being born into this sort of um, uh, SMU being a football powerhouse. I was lucky enough to, I mean, it did, I mean, I, I can't tell you how crazy it is to uh, to think back about the, the difference in my career metric from before and after that film. And I was lucky enough to do another film with ESPN. But actually, I always tell the story that Pony Access was my first time that I attempted a documentary. And that's not entirely true um, because a few years, a number of years before that, in the early 2000s, Um, I was interested in the fans of, uh, of soccer in America in terms of like what they were, uh, what they were doing and how they were trying to develop this kind of, um, um, community, uh, that, that, uh, that they saw in other countries and that they felt, Could happen here. So at that time, I joined uh, a a group in Dallas. I was living in Dallas at the time. Uh, The supporters group. uh, um, How can I not remember this? Uh, The Inferno, because they were the burn Dallas burn at that time. And uh, I joined that group and I asked them if I could film, you know, some of their their uh uh, um their their gatherings uh so i filmed like one gathering and i filmed an interview with one of the guys who was who was there and he you know he was he broke down crying talking about how much um uh soccer meant to him and nothing ever really came of it uh after that that was just sort of like something that i uh, I was, I was doing with a cheap camera that I had. And, uh, uh, but that was just to sort of show you that like this kind of idea of doing something about, uh, soccer uh, and specifically soccer in, in America, uh, um, had taken hold at an, an early time. So jump forward to, Uh, maybe a year ago. um, And I I get a call from a guy by the name of Josh Danziger. Actually, I didn't even get a call. I was, um, so in addition to doing, my sports films and eventually getting back into narrative films, I've been, uh, I've been involved in doing some, some conservation documentary work where I've been in the field with biologists who are on the front lines in terms of like um, bringing species back from the brink of extinction. And so I had a video that was being shown uh, um, on earth day last year here in Austin. And uh, one of the, the, big wigs who had sort of like, who was a funder of this group that I had done some video work with. Um, uh, he had a pal, he, he got a message from a pal that, that, that he was coming into town. And so this guy shows up at this global wildlife conservation event just to talk with me uh, straight from the airport from LA, just to talk with me about doing something on at the time it was uh, high school football recruiting, and we talked about how uh, this there's this passion and this crazy world uh, involved in in recruiting the the, the the football athlete out of high school to college in the u s and he wanted to focus on an individual player who was likely to be um, the, the top, uh, recruit in, uh, in actually last year's recruiting class. Um, and I said, you know, that that's interesting. And it's certainly, uh, in, in my wheelhouse, we went out and we met with that recruit and the parents had a disagreement on how they wanted to do it. And then we're like, well, let's just not do this. And at that time I was like, okay, guys, So I said to Josh, the guy who would come to meet me at this random conservation event to talk to me about a football documentary, I said to him and his partner, I was like, look, let's take a step back and see how we can actually do this right. And I said one of the things that really fascinates me about uh, football, uh, American football in America, is this idea of – It being a part of the education system and how we've uh, totally tied uh, uh, big education with big athletics and how it doesn't have to be that way. And instead of just saying it doesn't have to be that way, why don't we look at how it's done in Europe where they have these soccer academies and they can sign kids when they're really young and that it is it is those major teams in these major leagues in in europe that are educating the kids uh and 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 how vastly different that is from from what we do and so i was like why don't we find a uh uh, an american football player who will be in a recruiting class down the road and so we uh we found uh, a kid out of just outside of Atlanta and um, and he's likely going to be the number one recruit or thereabouts in the 2019 recruiting class. And I said, now let's, instead of just using soccer as an example, let's jump in and tell a story about a kid in in a similar age range in Europe playing professionally or turning into the, the full professional, the full team. And the immediate idea at that time was Christian Pulisic. So I said, you know, that, that guy is the Christian is the perfect example for this because he has this um, possibility of, uh, of being this uh, talismanic transcendental figure that soccer has needed in America. And at the same time, he ticks a lot of boxes in terms of. Age range, what he's going through, etc. And so it was that kind of conversation when I said uh, Christian would be the perfect uh, um, uh, yang to the ying of this 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 American kid in, in Atlanta. And uh, and that's how we came to you. And so the the evolution beyond this beyond that point has been uh, quite interesting. But before I move into that, I want to I want to know if you have any questions about, you know, the the, the concept or, or why I came up with Christian. I think that's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. But. Um, uh, but um, before moving on, John, what do you got for me?
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, no, it's it's an interesting topic, and the way that you guys are trying to line those up side by side, I think, paints the picture very well about the just. I guess just the <laughs> I'm trying trying to find the right words for this. It's so hard to describe like the whole high school recruiting NCAA and then go pro process that we have in America. Versus what the rest of the world does, it's like that doesn't exist in the rest of the world right and so at this at this moment in their careers, like this kid in in just outside of Atlanta is you know going to high school, he has a bunch of hype around him he's you know he's he's being covered by e s p n there's people pitching movie ideas about him like you guys are doing, <laughs> and whatnot. Meanwhile, Christian is making probably you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars right now. Right. And they're the same age, going through the same process and and Christian is debuting and 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 playing for the national team and um and representing his club in in Germany at the Champions League level. It's like when you're when you tell those stories side by side, you kind of realize like shit, we have it wrong in America. <laughs> like like what like what's going wrong um and, and so that's it's, why i i i am super interested in 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 the project, and yeah i I guess I'd love an update on where we're at now with that, so
1: right, well, I mean you know i I live in Texas, and so so like we just had a stadium <laughs> you, say,
0: you say that and laugh I'm curious why, well,
1: because. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this, this stadium in Allen, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas where I grew up and and went to college. And, and it's like an 18,000-seat stadium, m- millions of dollars spent on it. It is this glorious mecca. And you think about, like, uh, even high school football. I mean, high school football runs the economy in in, in towns in Texas, you know. And it's like – Those kids, they have, you know, a few years where they're doing that and the entire town is coming out, you know. And then in college, you have just massive, massive billions of dollars in television contract. And it's like, you know, uh, these these kids have an opportunity to get paid at a younger age if if something if people really thought about what was happening, um, at the same time, they're, they're, they're required to like pass their classes in order to play football. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's a bizarre thing. So, um, Really, what I why I'm excited about uh, combining uh, a young American football player with a young world football player, uh, soccer player uh, for 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 anybody who might not be initiated that's listening to this, which would be uh, very very strange. Um, but <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like I feel like we have a pretty strong uh, soccer crowd here,
1: <laughs> right? But I, I, I'm your outlier, so so somebody else might might pick up this podcast. Uh, and listen to it. Um, but uh, what, <laughs> what, what, what I really want to do is I want to have the American public um, eat their vegetables as well in this very sort of entertaining kind of thing. So by having a, a soccer player in it, we can attract a, a world audience by having uh, it about this crazy world of high school football recruiting um we can we can have the the larger american audience so what i want to do is i want to get the people who are coming in here in the us and just wanting to see you know the high school football uh, craziness like when i say eat their vegetables i mean it's like and then we're going to add this this other story right and then by the end they'll realize that the vegetables were the main course that like especially if it's if it's Christian now I now that's the big if and that's the big update um, that that we can talk about. It doesn't really um, to me. It's not uh, as big of a deal for this specific tour story than it's whether or not it's Christian Pulisic. Um, it's it's more that that, like, as as a story, as a separate story, what he is doing and what he has the potential to do, and all the sort of media craziness around him uh, is 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 incredible in its own right. Uh, what what's happened was very early on in the in the process, um, Christian's manager. Uh, I spoke with him, and it was sort of like um, he had for me uh, things that as an independent filmmaker, I can't necessarily answer to, you know, so, so he had some issues that were uh, from my perspective, uh, cart before the horse uh, stipulations. And so me knowing how I've approached these issues in the, in the past, it's, it became, how do I, how do I cross these bridges Maybe, down the stream a little bit uh, um, before i I re engage in this issue, and so the next thing that I did was actually get in touch with you and say hey i 'm just going to go to uh, this next u s national team game it 's probably going to be christian 's first start and see what I can drum up and uh, and and through that, I was able to through. Reaching out to you, you reached out to somebody at the Washington Post. That person got uh, in touch with Doug McIntyre. And I met with Doug McIntyre of of ESPN before the game. And it was great because I met with Doug and he happened to already be a huge fan of the two films that I had already done, uh, which I have to tell you is such a different starting point uh, from where I was when I was trying to get – the smu death penalty uh, uh story off the ground uh, for those who aren't familiar with pony excess and what i'm talking about when i say smu death penalty the ncaa shut the football program down uh, in the 80s for two years for paying players and so that's what my first documentary was about it was about that sort of like pay for play scheme and the 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 penalty which is a penalty that's never been laid down again since then after, uh, what I would feel are more egregious, uh, uh, violations by other programs like Penn state, uh, and what's happened in Waco, uh, really affects me in, in sort of like a, uh, it gets, it gets my blood boiling a little bit, but back to where we are at the time, meaning with Doug, having him already being, I guess, a, a fan of what I do, uh, it made it sort of that much easier to talk to him about what I was, what I was trying to do. And he said, well, obviously he was going over to the game and he's like, well, I'm going to be with these people at U S soccer that you would need to talk, talk to. I, I was, I was of the mind. what if I was able to just do something through U S soccer, uh, or just talk to the people that I needed to talk to and see what kind of uh, avenues would be available to me. And so, uh, lo and behold, uh, again, something that would not have been possible for me six years ago. Uh, he, Doug spoke to the, 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 the people at us soccer, the, the heads of um, media relations, uh, Neil Buthy, and, and others. Uh, and it turned out that they too had seen my films and were big fans. And so the conversation just went off from there, and it was sort of like, well, I got the impression after speaking to them and them being you on Soccer, and they said, you know, we're, we're, we're fans of your work. There's no question you know how to tell a story. I, I kind of like – I had to take a pause, and I'm like, well, that's great because I'm a huge fan of you guys too, uh, so maybe there's something we can do here with, <laughs> with this uh, – uh, mutual appreciation, I guess, um, and uh, and so since then the the idea of bringing uh, of bringing Pulisic into whatever it is we are doing in the film that started this all, the Promised Land, has been sort of on this extended pause. So the the Promised Land is a project that still is going to happen, still is happening, and in fact. Uh, has a lot of interest from a number of different entities. And we'll get back to it and Christian's involvement here in in a short bit. But I just want to say that, like, you know, as as an independent filmmaker or anybody out there who might be listening to this because you want to have a career in film, the fundamental thing, especially if you want to be a director and tell the stories that you want to tell, that you have passion about, the fundamental thing is finding your own passion for what it is that's in front of you and not letting it blind you to the other opportunities that are then put on your plate. And so my initial reaction with u s soccer was like hey let 's do something that 's that's, that's, that's on the hex. I mean nobody knows what this this hex thing is except for the real uh, the real soccer fans here and it 's actually quite compelling and it has a cool name, and everybody in America just thinks well you know they 've made the world cup but it 's it's, it's a grueling uh, road as your listeners certainly know. And so we went down the line on that a little bit, and and they really wanted it to be uh, for for Fox. And so with that, I was able to meet with Fox, and it turned out that turns out that Fox was already doing something along those lines. And so you could then say, as a filmmaker, well, you know, I might as well go back to working on some sort of crochet documentary or something completely different not that i would do anything on crochet but uh uh but no it's kind of like you have this opportunity and you continue to go after it and now the the conversations i've had continuing with with fox are about doing a documentary on soccer in america who knows where that will go at the same time my conversations with U.S. soccer have continued, and we've been talking about potentially doing something on the women's team, or them being involved in this. This uh, obviously them being involved in this. Uh, where is American soccer right now? And at the same time, we still have this this Promised Land documentary that is moving forward, uh, and and the the next step with it is getting our main subjects. On camera, which is going to happen in the next month or two, and that is is that is something that that is still quite up in the air. Uh, we have the gentleman in Atlanta who has this great, uh, wonderful backstory. His parents uh, are Liberian refugees from the civil war that that, that happened in Liberia. They came here as as refugees, they went through being uh, illegals and then um, they got citizenship. And then they had their kids and it turned out their kids or their one of their kids was really good at American football. And so uh, basically where I am right now is there's uh, a, a a group uh, who is fairly well known. Uh, that is very interested in the Promised Land documentary, and so we are at a place where we're kind of um, we're kind of about to to take the next step with that, and so it really is going to come down to now uh, whether or not uh, the 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 opposite player is Christian or not.
0: Before we before we get any further, I, I guess you have so much stuff going on and it seems like there's so many potential projects and it seems like you've gotten to kind of like the, the edge of all these projects. So what's the most difficult part of, of making these things happen? I know you kind of mentioned that the hang up with Christians, um, Christian's manager agent um, dealing with U.S. soccer there's also the fact that you have to deal with this other American football player that's in high school and that's a whole other realm of rules that you have to navigate um, yep. as well as working with NCAA so w- I guess man, altogether it seems like a huge headache but what's the most difficult part of all this? Uh,
1: staying positive paying
0: rent That <laughs> you <laughs>
1: know <laughs> uh, um, be, uh, it's Really, I mean, I, I I think you shared at the opening of the show that I, I I I won a Peabody Award and then later won an Emmy. But when I have shared this with college classes, the day the Peabody Award arrived at my apartment, uh, I opened it up and I called my folks to to tell them, hey, uh, I've got a Peabody Award, and then and, and then the very next thing I said was like. Hey, Dad. Can I uh, get some rent money? <laughs> 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 so it's, um, it's 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 uh, it's often a humbling experience. But that's the point is that there is so there are so many opportunities to get something done, and the key has to be there, 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 there are two things. One is, you know, you can't just say, well, I want to do something. So let's make it happen because everybody wants to do something. So now I've, (laughs) I've gotten to this point. It's, it's, I can't just say, oh, well, let's do this because it's available. It has to make sense for the, the parties involved, whether it be, um, whether it be, Fox and and a documentary uh, U.S. soccer doing something for i don 't know who but uh, uh, an eventual opportunity eventual opportunities would be with with amazon or or you know that uh, um, um, Lebron James is doing this uh, he he 's got this entertainment company with a deal with Warner Brothers and they 've been doing uh, uninterrupted which is a, a web uh, uh, platform they 're now doing things on athletes and so you have these opportunities to sort of like you can take uh, a longer form piece, whether that's for Netflix or for Amazon, uh, um, or you can chop it up and have these, 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 these web episodes with The Uninterrupted, which is a really cool uh, opportunity and option for, for filmmakers wanting to do sports stories these days. But uh, in the end, it can't be just because you can do it. Still, in my position, it has to be something where the people who are surrounding me and I am talking to uh, can feel the passion for that very – what could be a very nebulous idea. I mean I will tell you that from what has come out of this, I really – uh, I really am fascinated and still, uh, uh, you know, for years have been fascinated by, by the U.S. soccer culture in, in, in America. And I think right now, though, as a storyteller, I'm even more interested because I feel like that uh, soccer as a sport is at its tipping point in the U.S. Because the, the fan groups and the fandom is so spread out – we don't necessarily see this this sort of like rising tide that is that is happening uh, on the whole, and so you know I would love to 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 uh, to examine U.S. soccer through the eyes of Malcolm Gladwell and his Tipping Point uh, um, uh, book, and kind of look for what what are what are the things that are happening and obviously get michael lewis involved and do the do do the, the 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 math behind all of this and and i i just believe that when we you know you and i could talk um 4 years from now uh maybe maybe 8 years from now but uh, um, and we we can be looking at uh at a country that is uh, soccer crazy, and I think that that's something that's happening right now. And I think that for me, I think it's something that 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 that, that Christian Pulisic has a potential to be that sort of like that that catalyst. You now it could be anybody else. It could be someone who's you know, um, not even starting on their uh, <laughs> youth team right now. <laughs> um. Uh, but it's it, it certainly all the all the all the elements have fallen into place, and and I'm just super excited about sort of looking at, at at what has to happen and what is happening with U.S. soccer for it to really turn the corner. And and I mean I don't I don't know I don't know where it begins and ends. Obviously, I'm sure you have have had. Tons of conversations about the 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 childhood soccer in in America, which is more of a participation and not like a killer instinct kind of uh, event that you just sort of move on from. Um, uh, But then there's also, you know, college soccer in the U.S., while such a great thing for making our women's programs strong, it doesn't it's not a great thing for the American players. You know, it doesn't provide this this proving ground like like college football does for the football players and all of these things are starting to be recognized and at the same time you have the mls with with in the right markets they this this wonderful uh outpouring of support uh, as the MOS has found the right markets I think all of this together uh, and additionally with the the issues that um, the, that American football is having with 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 CTE I mean obviously um, there there are still concussion issues in in soccer not in my mind, to the extent of uh, of the repeated head trauma of, of American football, uh, so I'm not trying to say that, that soccer is completely safe, but you have this idea where this is uh, 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 a safer sport. And I guess, I mean, for me as a as as a filmmaker, you know, I look at what happened with SMU football and me doing a story about the, the darkest hour. I do know that, that that helped the SMU football program in its, its prestige and visibility. And if I can sort of do anything to both – I mean here's – this is not attempting to be uh, ego, but like when you shine a light on something, you can, uh, you can show <laughs> people who aren't normally looking – at, at a certain thing, I think the biggest thing for the the American fans is, well, not even just for the American fans, but for the 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 the, the, the teams and the sport itself is to 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 make this something that uh, people see as a way out of of where they are. Um, I, I think I have a theory that all. Uh, all sports are benefited greatly all professional sports are benefited greatly by uh, the the by an income gap and and by people who are of a lower income background seeing this as a way out of their of their uh, of poverty uh and 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 when you have a way out and and you can apply yourself to it that that becomes <clears throat> makes a life in sports, a do or die kind of thing. And that's what we're currently lacking. But I don't think that uh, I don't think we're far off in terms of it being um, uh, um, a game for all people. And, and that I know that was all disparate and and take what it take from it what you will that really all of that happening now, though, is what excites me. and And, and I want to both you know uh expose different audiences to what's happening uh, and at the same time explore uh uh soccer's growth in America at this at this moment and so uh, all of these projects uh, the the main thing though comes back to what you want to do what the the, the person uh, you know it's 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 always comes. It comes down to, at least in my experience with these things, a decision that that, that I have to make. That this is what I'm going to do, and I can't, you know, uh, I can't sleep, quote unquote, until this happens. And and I gotta tell you, John, it's it, it's it can be exhausting, but at the same time, I I get to do what I love, and and that's really awesome. And I'm lucky enough to be good enough at it that people will pay me to do it. And so I would look forward to continuing to, to talk to you about this journey at some point in the future. But uh, right now there are all these um, avenues on the table and it's like anything that you really want to put your your mind and heart in. It's it's you've got to sit down and do it and say I will not be denied by X, Y, and Z. So, you know, there's even uh, – there are so many. Hmm. Well, John, let me just put it to to you. I'll wrap it up. There's so many different <laughs> opportunities that it's it's hard to it's hard to say whether. Hmm. I've lost my steam, John. I, I I can't. I mean, the 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 John. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna throw it to you. Ask me a question. <laughs>
0: Uh, I w- I want to go back to something that you mentioned um about shining the light on on things that you know are normally or I, I guess maybe typically um in the dark and, and and I think probably quite a few people listening might have the same might have had the same situation as I've had many times where you know you get into a conversation at a bar or you know just just out and about with um your and and I don't mean this in in a in a demeaning or derogatory way, but you're you know a stereotypical American football fan, and you start to talk about the differences between american football and and global football or soccer and and the big one that we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit would be promotion and relegation and and you talk about that system compared to um the American sports way which is you know kind of franchise based it's the same way that mlb nba nfl nhl those ones all kind of work and so when you shine that that light uh onto that subject for for you know your stereotypical american sports fan all of a sudden they're like wow i had no idea it was like that mm-hmm. i had no idea the rest of the world competed like that and and it, they just they just don't know but it takes shining that light on it and so when when i heard that you have this project on your plate of you know shining the light and comparing the two situations between the, the kid in Atlanta and then uh, this kid in Germany who ended up being Christian. Um, I think that's a, a incredible story, and you're gonna open a lot of people's eyes. I think I, I hope you're prepared to to piss maybe some people off because there's gonna be people on the American football side that would be like, no no no, this is the way that we have to do it, and then you're gonna get people on the soccer side, on our side, um, that are going to be like, no, 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 this is the way that it should be, blah, blah, blah. So there's going to be conflicting points of view, but I, I, I think the story, like you, like you rightfully said, it, it needs, it needs the light to be, uh, to be put on it. So.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and, and my sort of like, um, passion in, 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 doing films on these biologists per, for example uh that has opened my mind to well l- l- why don't you edit that out and i'll i'll re-answer this and just say <laughs> okay <laughs> um the the thing about doing oh, let me when you make a film it's 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 different from from politics or or sort of um global conversations or or military actions you know they, they often we talk about weapons of mass destruction films are weapons of mass construction and the 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 name of the game though is, is it's it's got to be entertaining and if it's entertaining and you have something in it that somebody or you know A big audience already wants to see you can bring another big audience to something brand new and compelling. And and that to me is the most exciting thing about this project, The Promised Land. And I have no doubt that once people see that there are other ways to do things, they they will automatically get it because how you – Everybody can can relate to passion. It doesn't matter what that passion um, is for. People, humans, can 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 are attracted to others' passion, and so uh, in a story like this, we have the opportunity to uh, to to question uh, the way things um, the the way things are operated. Uh, I don't necessarily like the word should, because we, we use should, uh, so often that we, we forget that things are the way they are and things can be different in, in the future. And, and should gets us into this idea that like, you can't do it another way. Uh, and I think that like the, the, the continuous questioning of the norm is a good thing. I mean, I, I look at it I look at it, the the way you can affect the future is to be fully in the present and accept that everything that is right now, (laughs) that that everything right now is exactly the way it should be because it's the way it is right now. But that doesn't mean things can't be different in the future. We are the ones who are bringing all these preconceived notions into every conversation that we have. And in a film, you can sort of break down these preconceived notions. You can rely on them to bring people to a certain point, and then uh, pull the floor out and say, "But it can be different." And I think that, like, just again, getting back to that idea of passion, getting back to your story of talking to the people at the bar about, you know, this is this is a different way. You can see that it's exciting. You can understand the excitement and the thrill and the pain of that. Uh, of the relegation system, <laughs> of the, 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 the beauty uh, of the game. Uh, and you can understand that, 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 that um, it's possible to be a fan of something else that you didn't know just because all of a sudden you've tried the vegetables on your plate and you realize that they're the best thing on the plate.
0: All right. I want to I kind of transition into uh, maybe some just some non-soccer stuff um, as we get ready to wrap up. Um, like I mentioned before, we started recording. Um, I'm on a little bit of a time crunch, but uh, I think we can squeeze in a few more questions. Cool. Um, so j- just a couple just, just quick fire ones. Um, what documentary or film do you recommend to people the most? And th- again, this doesn't have to be soccer or sports, even sports related, but if you're you know, it sounds like you give lectures to classes and, and something like that. So or just family and friends. What do you recommend the most?
1: Wow. Um well I think that the best film ever made was 2000, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um and it taught me a lot because it's when I saw it as a kid, um, it was boring <laughs> and it 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 could still be boring for most audiences now. But it 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 effectively transported me into this this different world and, and and allowed me to sort of look at human evolution in a in a different kind of way uh, and it was expertly crafted by uh, a filmmaker at the top of his game and then I named my film company uh Double Life Films after uh, a film called the Double Life of Veronique by Polish director named Christoph Kieslowski, um, and it's about uh, two women born at the same time, one in Poland, one in France, that look exactly alike and kind of uh, lives in this ethereal world uh, comparing them. So those are the two films that, that I would probably um, um, tell people to see the most, uh, but I definitely, for me – I learned the most about making films and telling stories from the original star Wars trilogy. And I can't tell you how often I'm, I'm executive producing this documentary on the guy who, uh, created the the modern jump shot in basketball and he did it in the 1940s and no one knows his name. he's not remembered all this kind of stuff. And I was talking about how, you know, breaking down the film into it, into the the act structure, I was like, you know, this this first act has to end with him taking the jump shot and that you know being in Life Magazine and that's and that, I said these words and I was like, and that's your throne room scene and then we go into everybody's all over the place, you're on Hoth and things are looking terrible, <laughs> you know. So, I I I, I use I use The three act structure of the full trilogy, uh, often in sort of my conversations, and where you sort of move and you bring an audience through. Um, But uh, I mean, another thing is like it's 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 appropriate to this conversation. Uh, A film like Citizen Kane, you might not watch it because it's in black and white and it's old, and and people say it's good and. And all these kinds of things that are working against it in terms of like a modern audience, I'd say actually check it out because uh, it is a very entertaining film and and people seem to miss that in the idea of like oh it's it's good it's it's stuffy it's black and white <laughs> so uh, my main thing is just you know try it out
0: <laughs> nice um if if someone wants to get into storytelling or or filmmaking today, what do you think is the most important thing that they need?
1: Uh, to hear that uh, you shouldn't do it, don't do it. Um, <laughs> um and because you're going to hear that all the time, and Got it. the and that the next thing is, well, I'm going to do it. This is what I want to do and, and have to do. And the great thing is. Um, Today, the the tools are so uh, abundantly available and and tools that can make things look good are abundantly available. So it's it it really is that sort of just just do it uh, uh, mentality, you know, pick up the camera and start making things, you know, Um, uh, it's it's there is nothing stopping you from being steven spielberg and the if you look at steven spielberg as a kid he he was able to have some film cameras and able to get the the film developed and make these little films which um not everybody in those days had had that camera or or was able to afford film or or whatnot but but now you can have a phone and people are uh, there are there are festival films shot on cell phones these days, and so just start it because you know the thing is is that uh, that if you're if you're good at it, people will start to recognize it, and if you you if you have a passion for it, you can continue to to work and hone on hone your craft, and at the same time. Uh, find new ways and new new opportunities to, to 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 continue your craft and and you know eventually, I would say don't have a backup plan. That's that's kind of the biggest thing because if you have a backup plan, you'll end up doing the backup plan. <laughs> that's 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 unless unless your uncle's in the business. <laughs>
0: And just remember, there's always a YouTube uh, tutorial for everything that's out there, too. I'm learning the hard way right now, learning Final Cut as we're editing more and more 343 videos. And and I've slammed my head in the wall, I don't know how many times over the last couple of months, learning film editing or movie editing in my small little (laughs) realm. Uh, (laughs) But it's doable. It's doable, I can tell you guys.
1: I would say uh, say, pick up
0: uh, Premiere, Adobe Premiere. I've
1: heard uh, that. I've heard that. I was a, uh, this here technical information for the people listening at home. Uh, I was a Final Cut 7 guy for a long time, you know, and so Final Cut X came out like when we were making uh, Pony Excess, but we still edited Pony Excess on Final Cut 7. And then years later, when I did Brian and the Boz, we edited that on this ancient program by that time, uh, Final Cut 7. Uh, but finally, uh, uh, finally, I've switched, and it's to Adobe Premiere because Premiere uh, is 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 similar and is built built upon the same kind of idea that that Final Cut Seven was on, and so uh, your 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 Final Cut today is this very sort of like um, iMovie on steroids, but not necessarily. Um, uh, professional. Uh, I mean, it, it's used by professionals, but it it doesn't. It's supposed to be intuitive, which then makes it like hard to <laughs> uh, actually just lay down the things on the timeline and, and cut it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I, I was coming from uh, iMovie, and I and I'm looking for like the same like language, like the, yeah, like you know like you know cut and uh whatever paste or something and it's just like a whole new you know a whole new language and i'm like what trim what is this blade what is that and it's, yeah, it's been frustrating <laughs> yeah Anyways, um Let's get back on track. Uh, just two, <laughs> <laughs> two more questions well, for you. Well, this
1: whole this whole podcast is off track, for right? For
0: you guys. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I think people have. Uh, I think if if anybody's lasted this long in in, in the podcast right now, uh, I I think they probably enjoyed it. I think it's a it's a breath of fresh air. It's an interesting topic, um, and and it's going to be cool when one of these. Films comes out, they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember, I remember hearing about this," um, and, and they're going to yeah. have a little bit different insight into in, into the making of it, which is going to be pretty fun. Um, well, yeah, so- you know,
1: I certainly hope that there are uh, MLS uh, franchise owners that listen to your podcast. That uh, you uh, would be surprised who
0: listen to this po- who listens to this podcast. We have a well, interesting if, audience. I like it.
1: If, <laughs> if if they reach out to you, uh, uh, those those are the kind of people that. Uh, that i need to be talking to <laughs> okay. it's uh the the great thing about doing uh sports movies um is you can find the people who have a passion for uh creating ar- awareness around the thing that they love and if they're already spending money on it they don't mind spending money on uh, on bringing more people to to the 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 sport or to to the team i mean it's been very true of of college football i was able to get those films off the ground because i found people who uh were just huge fans of uh in one case smu football and in another case oklahoma football and uh, they were like you know hey uh, i understand what spending money does to to get the get the word out so uh um you know i don't know if you're going to leave this in uh because it's 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 fairly shameless but uh <laughs> always you, as that's the other thing as a filmmaker you're always going to look for for who's going to want to get behind something
0: yeah no i, I try not to edit as as much as possible so even me talking about not editing won't be edited so <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. I, um,
1: I i like it it's fresh
0: yeah um so i i, I guess uh i mean you to you're you're a soccer guy you, you're, you you know what you're talking about but uh mm-hmm. what what's your answer when people ask you uh who your favorite team or who your favorite player is right now
1: um you know so it's really tough because i actually like watching manchester united and i really feel i felt for a number of years like such a a, a jerk for uh, <laughs> for for, but I, I finally this this season and last season I, I you know I had been avoiding watching uh, the Premier League uh, on U.S. television because now that there is a bigger fandom, I, I felt like I was a fan of the Yankees, and I was just like I can't I can't do this. I have to find a new team, and every time I tried to find a new team, I just couldn't do it. Um, uh, What happened was, again, it was that conversation when I was a kid that I overheard about the the Arsenal versus Manchester United game. And so, like, uh, after a few years of being a young kid and being a fan of both teams, I was kind of like, I mean, are they the Yankees and the Red Sox? Uh, Are they rivals? Is it okay for me to be a fan of both? I don't think it is. So, like, uh, Arsenal, that's weaponry. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of weaponry. Uh, United. That's like people coming together and uniting. So, like, let's go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my childhood thoughts. Okay, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, but I've really been rescued. Uh, I'd say by having uh, Pulisic on on Dortmund. My sister, when she got out of college, she lived in in Dortmund uh, for a year. She was working in Dortmund and so uh I I became a fan of Borussia Dortmund that year they won uh the the Bundesliga title that year and so it's it's kind of been like now with Fox uh having the Bundesliga it's like I uh, I know here in 10 minutes um in real time, ten minutes. Uh, Dortmund has a game, so it's uh, it's a it's a, a, a Pokal game. A Pokal. I can't even pronounce it. I only read it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> I don't even try anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so I, I mean, I guess last question: um, where where can people find out a little bit more about you, your films, follow these projects, and 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 keep tabs on you? Um, uh,
1: my my website is a little. Out of date, so I'd say follow me on Twitter at Thad Films, Instagram at Thad Films, and uh, if you like the Facebook thing, I'll I'll probably accept your friend request. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but DoubleLifeFilms dot com and uh, ThadFilms Thad Films just goes to Double Life right now. Those are the the sort of like um, uh, the, the when projects become real, where you will see. Uh, um, trailers and whatnot. Also, I'm on Vimeo, Thaddeus D. Matula. So, but Fat uh, Films and Double Life Films on, on Twitter and Instagram. You'll be able to find out more. And uh, as as the projects actually start shooting, uh, they'll have their own uh, Twitter handles, whatnot.
0: Okay. And I will try to provide as many links as I can as possible in the show notes that are on 343coaching.com. And we'll, we'll throw up as much information about those projects and your previous projects as we can. Thaddeus, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and I do think – I say this a lot to guests like, oh, yeah, we'll catch up in the future. But I do think that you and I will will um, reconvene and, and, and get like a status update in the future. So uh, yeah, I appreciate I- it, man.
1: Well, I look forward to that, and I just want to say thank you so much uh, for having me on. It's it's an honor. Uh, uh, the the cool thing uh, again, it's just if 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 you do what I do and you don't enjoy it, it just uh, it's not worth it. And like uh, I love the people that I get to talk to, both off, on camera and off. And it was a again, it was a really gift uh, a gift to be on with you.
0: Always a pleasure, man. All right. We will uh, we will catch up with you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the 343 Podcast with Thaddeus Matula. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find more episodes of the 343 Podcast, you can do that by going to 343coaching.com. That's the number three, the number four, and number three, coaching. Dot com. You can also find more information on the website about our player camps, about our live in-person coaching conferences, and a ton of other stuff. Just stay tuned on the website, actually. Okay, uh, with that, we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast. Thank you.